name is Mr. T. First name is Mr. Middle name is that period. Last name is T. Listen and listen good. I'm talking to you. When a new kid moves in on your block, what's your attitude? Do you figure? What do we need him for? Well, I pity the fool that makes that mistake. You want to know why? Then watch what happened in San Francisco when a new member joined our team and tried to help solve the mystery of the golden medallion. Welcome to episode 30. Episode 30. Thrilling 30. <laughs> Jay, I feel like we've been sowing the seeds since the very first episode to do this one. Yeah. It had to be done at some point. Yeah, and I, I've had people asking me what it was and they were guessing all kinds of stuff. Like some uh, Betsy, who, uh, who helped me with the 29.5 BB. RB. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out Betsy. Yo, uh, super fan Betsy. Yeah, she she uh she thought it was Howard the Duck. I'm like, no. Oh no, we are never nope. <laughs> nope, we're never doing that one. <laughs> I tried to watch that back when back when uh, Netflix uh instant streaming first came out. Mm-hmm. And that was up there. I tried to watch that. Because it's you know it's a cult favorite. People say it's so bad it's good. No, it's not. No, it is it is a it horrible is movie. I couldn't get through the first 20 minutes of that. Um, but oh, real quick, though, I want to go on a quick tangent, though, because you mentioned uh, 25.5 BBRB, which, uh, yeah, folks, <laughs> 0.5 of a 0.5. We don't really do that. But, uh, you know, this episode itself, uh, you know, took a while to make because, well, you know, we're going to get into all that material here. But and so I, I just didn't have a lot. And I didn't have a lot of time to uh, to watch it myself. So that kind of hung us up. And, and plus, Jay, you, you had to watch it several times. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you wouldn't catch the first time through. Yeah, you had to watch it a couple times. But uh, also, I mean, just you know, twenty nine point five was awesome, and it just it, it warranted another one. Yeah, I had fun. I mean, I, yeah. I could do that for a whole show. <laughs> you know, it was pretty awesome, man. We were listening to that, uh, listening to that in the car, man. My kids loved it. Although I will do have to uh, damn you for um, for Spider Man, because no nobody in this house likes that song, but it's and, and you know the kids don't like it either, but it's stuck in their head. So you see him once in a Spider Man. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> damn you. Oh, uh, that's fun. But. Uh, Anyway, so uh, 
this episode right here, man. Like I said, we've we've been we we've mentioned it on so many occasions. We mentioned it in the first episode. Yep, the very first episode. We mentioned it in more conversations since then. I mean, the episode ten. Obviously, we talked about it there. Um, <laughs> yeah, if if, if you random random you know, random uh jokes that we had on the side, you know, referencing the name of this title and throwing it into stuff. Like I remember at one point uh, during our uh, was it uh, seven Death Case Nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we mentioned it there. I mean, all throughout this podcast history, all twenty nine episodes leading up to this, we have peppered it in here. Yeah, and if you still don't know what it is, stop this podcast right now. Go back to episode ten and just listen to the opening. Just listen to the opening. And then you'll know. And if you don't want to do that, then I'll just play the opening right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the toughest man in the world. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, I gotta preface this. <laughs> I did not grow. We did not grow up with this movie. This movie was out. Was this nineteen eighty four? Yes, came out in nineteen eighty four. Okay, and it was a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, I want to reiterate that because, well, you'll just just to keep that in mind. This is a made-for-TV movie. Um, so some of the special effects or lack thereof. It was the 80s, it was made for TV, so some of the stuff we gotta forgive, but some of the rest is material. Oh, dear God. But also, and, um, hold on just a second, sorry about that, hang on. Um, but also, I didn't know anything about this movie until I want to say 1995. Because on the USA Network one day, well, we watched a lot of American Gladiators. They showed American Gladiators for like, uh, between like 10 and 12 like you know back to back episodes uh, you know all throughout the summer in 95 on USA and so in one of the commercial breaks they kept showing the toughest man in the world and it just had the scene well we'll get to the scene in a little bit but uh, it just kept showing that and so it came on one evening finally and I just said you know I have to see this I have to see what this what, what this is about they keep talking about it and I didn't watch the whole thing I watched like part of it and then went on to something else but uh that stuck with me like this this opening this, this opening credits the music that stuck with me for the rest of my life and so going back to episode one when you were talking about the uh the mr t cartoon and what it was about and we were trying to figure out where it came from i thought you know what he had a bunch of kids in that movie maybe it ties in with the toughest man in the world and the truth is that would have made sense except it doesn't because the cartoon predates toughest man in the world (laughs) so maybe they made this movie based on the cartoon (laughs) 
<laughs> and it makes it I mean honestly I think they were trying to go for a backdoor pilot here you know hey <laughs> yeah well luckily 18 came along because uh you know uh, American icon Mr. T is actor he is not no and we're, we're gonna talk about his acting <laughs> big air quotes <laughs> Could you see them from here? <laughs> from your place, the I air could. quotes I put out there? Yep. <laughs> his, you have to his, look out uh, the window. He's acting in this movie. And, listen, you look at the No Jibba Jabba FM logo. It's Mr. T. The man is our spiritual, spiritual advisor. We almost yes. changed the name of the show in episode 10 <laughs> to the I Pity the Fool podcast. We love Mr. T. I love me oh, some yeah. Mr. T. I love Mr. T. The day Mr. T dies, I'm going to be sad. Yeah, it's going like, to be legitimately a- sad. I'm, only, I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah. No Jibba Jabba FM will have to go dark for a week. But the man is not an actor. I don't know who, who told him he could do this. <laughs> because he most certainly cannot. He, he can act tough. He can act like a big bruiser. You know, you can act like a bruise brew raker. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. But um, I mean, he he has two vocal inflections. Okay, he has angry and he has slightly less angry. Well, that's not. That's true. all. He also has the he also has the uh, the nice mama's boy voice. Because that, that comes across in this movie, too. Every now and then, he'll, he'll get sort of soft-spoken and nice. And, you know, when you, you see Mr. T in pictures or in movies, you usually always see him scowling. But this movie, he actually cracks his mouth. He's he's a charismatic guy. When you look at him, you know, he's got a smile on his face. You know, yeah. I'd want to hang out, out with a, you know, charismatic fun looking guy like that but you know then it can quickly turn into B.A. Brock's face and he's going to pound you into the pavement <laughs> you know or smash you through like a through a table or a wall of balsa wood yeah oh there's so much balsa wood <laughs> so much balsa wood oh but let's just it's like I feel like that's in his writer like in his contract like anything he's in there's got to be balsa wood yes we talked about it in episode one he endorsed the Flavor Wave convection oven. <laughs> I don't know if they show that, that infomercial late at night anymore, but when it was on, it was about five minutes of them talking about the Flavor Wave oven and what it can do and how it can cook frozen food and blah, blah, blah. You didn't, you, you, you know, turned it off for that part. But then at that five minute mark, it would go to the studio audience and there'd be a woman in the kitchen studio cooking. Next thing you know, Balsawood door slams open. <laughs> I mean, it shatters. <laughs> and here comes Mr. T. And, and there, there is, is the soft-spoken, charismatic Mr. T. He's smiling. He's cooking. You know? Yeah, I guess he does have a third. Uh, he's got a third setting. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, three. 
But uh, let's we we've been vamping but, for ten minutes. Let's get into. This I just show. gotta say though, back to that though, real quick though about this flavor wave oven. You know anyone who has those? I have a knockoff. See, I don't have the official flavor wave oven, but I have a knockoff. Nobody, nobody has that. You know why? Because they missed the opportunity. They marketed this thing all wrong. I mean, you had the man there. You should have called. You're calling the flavor wave turbo. It has nothing to do with Mr. T. Hmm. They should have called it Mr. T's Jibba Jabba Hot Air Cooking Machine. <laughs> you sell millions of them. <laughs> I buy two of them just off that name alone. Yeah, a GP. Yeah, I mean, I I have never used it, but I have one. It's it's in the attic in the box still, but I haven't. <laughs> Let me guess, Your mom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's another conversation. Let's not derail the podcast yeah. any further. No, let, let's get it. into this movie. So yeah, yeah. So so let's just talk about these opening credits. The first thing you get: bigger splash screen, toughest man in the world. Yeah, and you get that sweet, sweet saxophone. <laughs> man, if, if the, there's one thing that I really miss about the '80s and early '90s, it's that sweet saxophone opening into whether it was a movie or a TV show whatever like one of the best theme songs of all time is the night court theme song because you you get that that uh that bass that doom 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 yeah a little doom. bad slap bass yeah yeah and then all of a sudden that saxophone comes in I mean the saxophone in the 80s and early 90s was the shit and you get it in this movie Hard. I mean, it comes in, pow. Yeah, and then right after that, you get Mr. T rapping on the streets of South Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the weird and, thing about this. Well, you know, well, I just want to say real quick though, when you're talking about the uh, the the uh, the credits though, is that they actually you show the credits. You know, first thing, so you get toughest man in the world, then you get the credits. Mr. T as Bruce Brubaker. Does does he look like a? First of all. And they don't say what his real name might be. I think his his his, his mother, off camera, might have actually named him Bruce. But either way, does he look like a brew baker to you? No, he doesn't. No, fuck that noise. It's Mr. T, and I'm not. Call, I'm 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 gonna refer to him as Mr. T for the rest of this episode. He's not Bruce Brew Baker to me. Yeah, no, he he is Mr. T. Um, but the credits they start rolling. They start showing uh, these three. What, probably 17 year old, 16 year old kids? I'm gonna say he's at least, you know, at least 16. Okay. Yeah, it shows the, these three kids walking down the street, and the music starts, the music stays loud, but as the scene goes on, as the opening goes on, it gets kind of quieter and quieter, and then it does what I talked about in episode 29. The music becomes an actual part of the scene. The music is coming out of one of the kids' boom boxes. <laughs> but as as Don't much as that? I like that that uh, what do we call it? that environmental sort of soundtrack, it doesn't make sense. And they did that for you. <laughs> they said they know Jay likes when we use when we use music as part of the actual scene. But this so is the they issue. had. But this so is the issue. It, but this well, is the issue. <laughs> Because 
This is Mr. T singing this song. In this universe. In this universe. Mr. So T. that means that Bruce Brubaker, ex-Marine, who is is working in a youth center in Chicago at some point, sometime, put out a record and they're playing it on the radio. That's a, no. No. Did not happen in this world. Sure it did. No. Why not? Because <laughs> it breaks the whole fiction. Well, there's, there's a whole lot of movie breaking, yeah. b- breaking twists and turns in here. I mean, why not? What's another one? So, Fine. Mr. T's listening to his own self. Yeah. So, anyway, these three kids, they start hustling this old man. They take his wallet, and they start, you know, playing well, keep away with it. This is what they do. They they go into this electronic shop, and this is old-ass electronic. looks like Schneider's Electronics, if you remember that, uh, <laughs> over there on Olive and Woodson. It looks like one of those... And they go in, they just rip off a, a boombox and take off running with it. He follows them through the alley, right where you know where no one can see, and they take his wallet. They push him around, they take his wallet, they start playing keep away with the wallet, like you said. Mm-hmm. Now, this whole time, like you said, the music, the theme music is on, and all of a sudden the theme music is, is coming out of this fucking boombox right there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, and then it gets to the point where they now they now have shoved this old man up against the wall and they are are threatening him, you know, you got anything else, you got any more money, you got any, you know, jewelry, watch, whatever. And then you see it. You see yep. two white tennis shoes walk up and hit the stop button, the off button on the boombox and the yep. camera starts. Off goes the toughest man in the world music. Yeah. And and let me tell you something about this. It's 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 a slow motion. And I say slow motion, it's like this is the most economical slow motion you've ever seen. This is like when Jay, you had the power glove. You know how when you use the slow mo motion on there, it was just they're hitting the it was just Fuck like hitting the, the pause button over and over again. Fuck the power glove. <laughs> That's exactly what this looked like. Yeah. It's like someone just kept hitting pause on the handicap over and over again and you see the trademark taped up tennis shoe boots things oh walk over to the boombox was that a thing in the 80s I don't remember people stuffing their their the legs of their sweatpants into their socks and then taping them up no that was a Mr. T thing (laughs) because the boots came from his father and so he kept the boots and because they were old and raggedy he just taped he just kept taping them up I swear that's true. Wow. Yeah, so that's all part of his look. He said that in the the chains, and it it all it, it was all part of a ritual of his. That's what he did. Wow, I did not know that. But uh, anyway, it uh, it is revealed that it is Mr. T, and of course, then we get Mr. I swear in this scene, as soon as I saw because I had never heard of this movie until you talked about it in episode one. And then I found it, you know, on Hulu whenever we decided to start watching it. And I have, this is before the A-Team, so he obviously got some acting lessons at some point, somewhere. Well, I mean, he he didn't talk much on the A-Team, but in this one, he, uh, you know, he appears, he says, hey, you know, uh, leave the old man alone. Leave the man alone. 
Okay, you just heard it. He is reading a cue card. Just the the way his posture is standing and the way he's looking. You can tell he, he's reading a cue card. You know? And then and then the kid um, the main kid he pulls out a switchblade and tries to stab Mr. T. Wrong move. Because <laughs> Mr. T dodges out of the way, grabs grabs the guy's arm, hit hits the arm, knocks the knife on the ground, uh, picks up the knife, slams the kid into like this metal pylon thing. Right. The other two kids were like, hey, let's get him. So then Mr. T gets down in like a, a football pose. I was, I have it in my notes. It's like a football block. <laughs> yeah. And, and then growls at him and jumps around a couple times. And then the he kids run away. steps from like side to side. Yeah. And then the other two run away. <laughs> so then he tells the uh, old man to take his wallet and take the boom box back. Go back to the store. He's got the kid's knife. The main kid's knife. And he, you know, he asks the kid, what's your name? And the kid... I don't know his name. He's a... Uh, there are no big actors in this movie other than Mr. T. Uh-uh. If you watch it, it is on Hulu. If you watch it, there are... If, if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, you'll recognize some of the people from just bit parts on... On, uh... TV shows or made-for-TV movies, commercials. I got something I want to say about that, but that's coming up later. Yeah, but you wouldn't know them by name. But, uh, anyway, he he puts the kid's knife in his pocket. The kid is like, you know, hey, I want my knife back. That was my dad's knife. He gave it to me. So Mr. T, reading cue cards again, <laughs> says, here, take this card, come down to this rec center, uh, tomorrow, four o'clock, and you'll get your knife back. So you know the kids like, well, you know, I can't go to that, that part of town because they'll they'll uh, they'll beat me up. I'm not welcome there. He said, you show you show them the, this card, and they'll let you through. So, <laughs> and that just that 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 didn't make any sense to me. This supposed to be some tough kid. He's a stick up kid. He's afraid to go where. Please, yeah. So. Um, then it cuts to Mr. T's like regular job. Yeah, I, let's talk about this job. It's a um, it's a supper club. <laughs> it's but it's <laughs> but it's in a basement. <laughs> and, and the first thing you see is well, you know, before you see Mr. T change into a tux, which is always a funny thing to see. Before you say that, you just see some girl like dancing up on the stage. No, it is not a stage. This is in my notes. This is not a stage. This is the... Well, first of all, the outside of the club, it's got a big sign that says faces. But when you go into the club, you can tell that they shot this thing in a basement. They dressed it up to look like a restaurant, but it is a basement of some restaurant or some rec center or something. It's got a kitchen to the side. But you walk but, in, and there's a bar, and then there's like a dividing wall, and then there's a sunken-in floor, and then there's tables, 
around the sunken in floor, but then right in the middle of the room, there's a dance floor. It's not a stage. It's a dance floor that's level with the rest of the tables and everything <laughs> around. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I guess that's what you would call it. But for, for all intents and purposes, okay, so the dance floor supposed to be the stage. I mean, that's what you, they'd have you believe. It's just, it's just, but anyway, so this, this lady up there dancing or whatever. Now, this is a supper club. Is it supposed to be a strip club? No, I don't think because, so. Because, well, because I was going to say, I mean, this play, it, it really had me dying as I'm looking up there. Now, she's up there dancing. This woman is covered up from head to toe. There you see absolutely nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then they'll look, but then you think about that. And then, what's the name of the place? It's called Faces. I'm like, so <laughs> this club is all you're ever gonna. That's the only thing there you're gonna see is faces. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, I thought it was an inside joke, honestly. No, I I don't get what this club's hook is. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it's got this dance area, and it's just a girl. Like a, a solid gold dancer just dancing up there. A <laughs> solid gold, damn. Just, just. Oh, that's a death doing, moment right there. Yeah, just doing a dance routine to really bad '80s music, and then she goes in into the back because I guess the dressing room is through the kitchen. So she goes in the back, and I guess it's her dad. I don't know, but her dad or some guy is there. And it's time for you to go go home. I don't want you dancing here anymore. It's not right. She's not stripping. She's doing see, some weird interpretive dance thing. See, that was the whole thing that threw me. I was like, I know this is made for TV movie, so I'm like, okay, I'm guessing this is supposed to take the place. It's supposed to take up for being a strip club. But I'm like, but if you want to make that illusion, then what you do is you have... You know, you either have shadows and silhouettes or whatever, by like smoke and mirrors, mm-hmm. or you have it happening like slightly out of focus, kind of off center, so you can't really see what's going on there, but you get the gist. Right. But you see, like I said, but you see them like in these clothes or whatever, just completely covered up from head. And so I don't want you dancing here anymore. So I was like, it's supposed to be a strip club. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it either. But then, you know, um, he walks in, the manager, one of the managers, says you know hey Bruce you're late you know hurry up and get get dressed so he runs and he gets on this tux and I mean he's in that tux he looks uncomfortable <laughs> he looks mighty dapper but he's yeah, yeah uncomfortable he, he, he's very dapper but he he looks out of his element but but then he flashes that smile, and you're like, okay, yeah, I buy it. I buy it totally. You know, he... <laughs> so then uh, the manager says, hey, we, we got a big guest. What a night. Guess who's here? Donna Summers? Oh, no, much better. Tanker Weems. Tanker Weems look better to you than Donna Summers? Yeah, Tanker Weems is in the audience. The toughest man in the world. Yeah, but he tells him like you know he guesses Donna Summer. He's like, no, even better, Tanker Weems. He's like, so he's like, Tanker Weems looks better than Donna Summers. <laughs> 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 yeah. like, man. See, now that, that's the weird thing because in that scene, he's acting fine. I, I mean, it's not it's not Academy Award level acting, but it's definitely sitcom TV show worthy acting. I buy it. It's believable. 
but when he puts on the tough guy thing, it's completely unbelievable. Yeah, and this is Mr. T. Yeah. That, that's what is so... That, that's where the disconnect is for me. You know, when he's just acting like a normal guy talking about baseball and collecting bets from people, you know, he it was fine. You know? He was like a normal dude. But then when he yeah. puts on the tough guy act, it he loses it. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about this Tanker Weems. And by the way, I gotta say these names. Bruce Brubaker and Tanker Weems. It's like, who, who wrote this? I don't know. Where are they getting these names from? He's like like failed wrestlers or something that you see like uh, wrestling in yeah it's a video oh maybe wrestling in a place like faces on like a ring made out of like (laughs) I I, I gotta go back I gotta go back because I wrote it in my notes and I forgot to mention it the music that is playing I said it was bad 80s music it is Nintendo super obscure adventure game final boss music that's exactly what it sounds like 8-bit chip tune whatever music but anyway anyway the you know the dancing girl has left and now they're just playing music and tanker weems is drunk i guess he wasn't well is is the guy that plays Tanker Weems an actual actor, or is he an actual bodybuilder that they pulled in for this movie? He must. No, I think he's totally a bodybuilder because you see him there. The dude is jacked, like to like ripped to shreds. The dude's crazy, but he's also it, got that he, 80s, the top of him 80s. is ripped to shreds. Hold up. Oh the yeah, t- well, I mean, well, you know how that goes. He's I mean, got them skinny ass legs. That was the eighties. That's all that mattered back then. Yeah, but you know, he also he's got that. He's got that that eighties mullet, like you know, the eighties mullet where you have like the poofy bangs and curls in it. Mm-hmm. He's got one of those, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was like he was some sort of bodybuilder of of some sort. But uh, so so I don't know who he is, but he's in there. And like he's you drunk. said, he's he's drunk. But I have no, I don't believe for a second that he's drunk. Like the the the, the act that he's putting on there, he's just yelling and being stupid. Yeah, and the club just opened. Unless he he came in drunk. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah, he got started before, man. He was airplane bottles or something. Man, he's a big dude. He should be able to hold his liquor. Yeah, but he starts complaining about um bring, bring out the girls. I want to see the dancing girls again. See, this is what I'm talking about. So I'm like, is this whole this whole setup supposed to? be the made for TV equivalent of a strip club because there's really nothing to see, nothing to look at. He's going crazy. He wants the girls back out here. I'm just like, what? There's nothing There's nothing to be excited about here. No, not at all. I just think they just weren't able to show strip clubs and they didn't really know how to, you know, how to uh, make that illusion. They didn't know how to go around that with their budget or whoever uh, did the treatment for this. So... I, that's, that's, like this place, this this whole faces place just threw me for a loop. And then, like I said, the the whole the, the place being called faces that just you know it's, it's like like bottoms up or something like that. Except you know we're talking about ass like this is this is like this faces. It's like yeah, this is what we're gonna show. This is what you'll see here. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, then Mr. T kicks him out. They get out in the street and uh, they try to call him a cab. Mr. T says something that sets him off. 
That's that's our Tanker Weems. Tanker Weems tries to punch him. Mr. T ducks, and the manager gets punched in the face. Well, he goes and he uh he gets he gets Tanker out of there because Tanker wants to fight him in the club. Yeah. And so they finally get him to walk outside. You know his manager saying, "You don't want this bad publicity. Let's go, let's go." So they get him a cab, and then he makes he tells the manager, you know. You know the manager tells T, you know, hey, what can we do? Can we help you? I said, well, I got this, I got this youth center. Why don't you bring him down there, and we'll call it a deal? He said, okay. And so, Tanker deals him like that. For some reason, he still, he still wants to fight. Like the whole time, the manager is talking to T, parlaying. He's got his dukes up back there. He still wants yeah. to fight. He's swinging, you know. And so, T goes to walk back into the building, and Tanker tries to sucker punch him from behind. Uh, the manager. He yells, "Hey, look out!" So he ducks, and then he catches it in the face. So he tells him to duck. Really, but he doesn't duck himself. Yeah, you know, a really, really bad, you know, TV punch. Like it, it was on par with like a wrestling punch. You know, yeah, like you would see on the WWF. <laughs> you know, it was bad. But then, uh, Mr. T, does he grab him and tackle him? Well. Because uh, he doesn't quite show him. off his skills yet. The manager gets in between him because then after the after uh, T's manager gets hit, what's his name? Whose name was Dick, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it was Dick. He uh, <laughs> he gets hit, and so T turns around and is like, "Oh, you got me mad now!" So he's about to <laughs> so <laughs> so Tanker's manager jumps in between them and is holding them off as best as he can, and that's when the police happen to drive right up. And the police, yeah. the, the, the police sergeant chops out, and he's just like, "Hey, Ernie!" Yeah. <laughs> he like, the sergeant on. by name, Mr. not T. Sergeant Sergeant Williams or anything like that. Hey, Ernie! Yeah, Mister T ain't that connected. I mean, if, well, if he's this friendly, then he shouldn't ha- be having all the problems that he's having later on in this movie. Well, my question is, how many incidents are they having at this club the way he knows officers on a first name basis? I don't know. How many? How many instances can you have in a place like Faces? Without getting shut down. I just, I just don't think that's the kind of place that draws that kind of riffraff, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't think. It's under the but, L train, but, though. Yeah, true. But yeah, like I said, the police are right there pronto, so I mean, they got enough indecency or something going on. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that's over. Go to the next scene. It's the next day. Mr. T is... Uh, is coaching the kids at the youth center. Uh, time out. Time out. What? This is no youth center. This is a school. Yeah, it's a school. This is a school. In fact, and I'm skipping ahead here, at one point they asked him, he's, uh, you know, they asked him, oh, do you run this place? And he's like, well, they let us use their facilities. So I was like, well, the, there's not a center. It's a yeah. school. They just let you use the gym. I mean, you know. Yeah, but it's, it's for the not... rest of this movie, they still, even though they say that right there, for the rest of this movie, they still call it a center. Yeah, and he doesn't even run it. No, but he, it when, when they introduce the woman who does run it, it's, it really seems like that he has never met this woman before in his life. It was like, where the hell has he been? Where's everybody been? Yeah, because like he knows nothing. He knows absolutely nothing about what's going on, because come to find out that the bills haven't been paid. And they're gonna close down the youth center. Now, again, see, now this is a common, this is an '80s, '80s plot right here. Yeah. I mean, this is breaking. This is a zillion other TV shows, 
or movies, you know, after school specials. You've seen this before. But, again, this is a school, so are they closing the school or are they cutting the funding for his program? I don't get it, you know? Yeah, I don't know either. They don't really make it clear. But uh, before we get to that, though, I just like that, you know, he's he's coaching the uh, he's coaching them playing basketball. And after they, uh, you know, after the scrimmage, he's like, <laughs> then he goes out. That's what I call getting down with our bad selves, with our own bad selves. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah, but then uh, uh, he remembers he, he has to go and talk to somebody uh, in management about about the youth center because he got got a phone call or something. So well, 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 well. Before that, before that, um, the the kid shows up. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's like uh the kid with with four nicknames. Yeah, I think the one he gave him was the dude. Yeah. And T is like, "Oh, you got to do better than that." And so his name is really Billy Green. Oh, and I'm sorry. What the fuck happened there? Okay, sorry about that. Um so yeah, his name is Billy Green and he goes up to, he goes inside and he sees Billy Green standing there. He's like, "Oh, hey." And uh he's like, "Yeah, I'm here for my knife. You thought I'd be a no-show?" <laughs> and he tells him, "No, I never sell a kid short. I always believe they could do it, or something like that. Some yeah. weird ass like message that they're trying to throw in there. You know what I'm saying?" And so he tells him, "Uh, well, where's my knife?" He's like, "Somewhere." He's like, "No, you told me to come all the way down here. I need my knife back." And he's like, "You'll get it sometime." He's like, "Somewhere, sometime. What are you talking about?" You know, he wants his knife back. Yeah. And T is stringing him along. You know, he really wanted to just come down there and just get involved with. This uh, this youth center program, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, that's all it was. He, he's trying to get the kid off the streets, right? Which and is so, a noble thing. Yeah, but you know, he told him a lie, so he's telling him, you know, I need my knife back. And <laughs> the kid tells him, well, he's no, he asked him, why do I need my knife? No, he said, uh, I need my sticker. He he said sticker. He yeah. It, Where's my sticker? He said, you need to stick somebody. He's like, no, I ain't going naked. Too many guys want to chop my butt. I'm like, well, what the? What are we talking about here? <laughs> he just stick somebody. I ain't going naked. Too many guys want to chop my butt. I mean, you could take that so many ways. You could take, you know, but the the, the slang is just all fucked up. Yeah. Just, it doesn't matter. I mean, how, which way you want to look at it? No, the slang you is know? fucked up. So anyway, so he gets uh. Yeah, he tells so, he tells Billy to go out to the. Uh, the basketball court while he goes and talks to uh, the administrator lady. Right, right. And so, but Billy's like, you know, he tells him, like, he wants his knife back. He's like, hey, fathead, or something like that. And then we get this. Fathead, what are you trying? Just a minute. Let me lay down the rules of this establishment. I deal with every kid with an even hand. And nobody give me no back talk. Now go play. (laughs) Now, (laughs) he said... Don't nobody give me no back talk. <laughs> you believe he couldn't we have gotten a jibba jabba right there? I it wish. Seemed like I was, I was, I thought he was gonna say that, but he said back talk. I'm like, oh no, nah, T, come on, man. I wish. But anyway, but, so he's he's out there at the basketball court, and uh, the kids don't like him because he's new. You know, they yeah. don't know who he is. They don't know what he's doing there. They think he's from another team spying on him. And when you were talking about how you reckon you see people. Mm-hmm. Who were in other things? Uh, I could have sworn there's this kid in there with a with, with a Jerry curl mullet 
I swore that was turbo from breaking. And I just kept looking at my paws and everything. It looks just like him. And I looked in the credits, and I didn't see his name. His real name is uh, Michael Chambers mm-hmm. or uh, Boogaloo Shrimp. I see none of that in there. So I'm guessing it's not him, but I could have sworn that was him. Yeah, and that little blonde, blonde haired boy that does most of the shit talking. Yeah. I don't know his name, but I, I almost guarantee that he is a voice actor or was a, vo- a voice actor for some cartoons back in the day like I want to say he's he's probably the the kid Bobby from Dungeons and Dragons the little kid the barbarian okay I want to say it's him but uh, I didn't check the name so I don't know for sure but uh, uh anyway yeah. they, they keep hounding him and hounding him so that they finally give Billy the ball Billy had Billy shoots he's got this awesome outside shot which is exactly what the team needs so they can win the it was like state finals or city finals yeah, the, or something like that. The city finals, I think. Yeah. So, uh, so while uh, that's going on, Mr. T goes upstairs and talks to... Shit, I didn't write her name down. Her name was uh, Mrs. Easton. Yeah. And Mrs. I don't think... They only refer to her as Mrs. Easton. She doesn't have a first name. Okay. In the script. So, uh, yeah, he's talking to her and she's saying, you know, that the center doesn't have money anymore. So we're gonna uh, shut it down. So now, Mr. T scramble. Yeah, I I know that, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think the city of Chicago knew that. <laughs> and 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 the other thing is, you said the guy who left, who you know, who ran it before you, you know, he didn't pay the bills or something like that. So basically, he left and he stuck T with this. Now I don't, I still want to know how T even got involved with this. Well, he says it later on that when he got back from Vietnam, he wanted to uh, help kids so they didn't end up, you know, on the streets like like he did. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I remember now. So, um, yeah, and as they're talking, he delivers the greatest line in this movie. Ain't nobody closing down my center for my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that line is awesome. Yes, and again, going back to episode one, I told you that's the one thing I really remembered about this besides the uh, the theme music mm-hmm. was that line because that's the one they kept showing when they showed a commercial. The very first thing before you even hear the uh, the voiceover kind of give the synopsis of the movie before you see any montage of like other scenes, you just see a you just see a close up of T going, "Ain't nobody shutting down my center for my kids." <laughs> and that's why I had to see it. I'm like, "When is this coming on? I have to know what this is about." Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, he goes back outside and he's he's uh talking to the kids. He doesn't quite tell the kids what's going on, um, but one of the kids comes up and says, "Hey, so and so can't come by with the t-shirts for the game, and it's gonna cost you know this much a shirt and this and this and this." And so uh, Billy's like. Or Mr. T was like, well, how much is that? And Billy goes, oh, it's 250 bucks or whatever. And so Mr. T's like, how'd you do that so fast? He's like, oh, because it's... He, he uses some gambling term that I have no idea. Yes, I'm sure. You know, it, it's like if, if you take a five for one on, on a straight or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. But, uh... So then Mr. T files that away in the back of his mohawk for future reference <laughs> you know so 
uh, Mr. T heads down to City Hall to find out what well, he can well, do. Before we get to City Hall, I just gotta say, man, again, because he asked Billy Green to help him out. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, help him out with uh with some numbers. You know, because he knows he's good. He sees he's good with numbers, and he says, you know, stick around, help us out. You'll give you your knife back now. Billy, at this point, he still doesn't want anything to do with these guys. He just wants to. At this point, is it that important that your father gave you this knife? Just go get another knife. Just no, especially when, when you find out what happens at the end. Yeah, but I'm just saying you can leave. You he can leave right now. Movie over. Yeah, yeah. But 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 anyway. So so we go to City Hall. So he goes, and s- now he's changed clothes again. Now he's got a he's got like a kind of he's got a gray suit on. Mm-hmm. Does Mister T own this many suits? I mean, I'm just well. Uh, he he must not own too many because the next scene takes place over the course of three days because he he goes to City Hall, tries to talk to the. Uh, it wasn't the mayor. It was like the vice mayor or whatever the next one down is, you know? Right, yeah. Um, and, the, and the assistant, the, or, or the receptionist guy, is like, oh, the, the vice mayor's busy. <laughs> you know, if, if you, you want this taken care of, go to this department. So Mr. T yeah, yeah, gives him a dirty goes. look, and then he leaves. <laughs> Comes back. He's like, they, they sent me back here. <laughs> and so the guy's like, oh, well, then you need to go, go down to... You know, child services or the school board. Yeah, those, he goes to the school board. He sends him to Parks and Rec. Yeah, I mean a bunch of different places, and he tells them, "I've been to four different places. They all send me <laughs> four different places in three days." He's wearing the same suit, <laughs> the same suit. So then he I comes back. He goes like this: "I go to four different places. They send me right back." <laughs> school board didn't help you, huh? Why don't you try the uh, Department of Parks and Recreation? Mister, I've been here four times, and you sent me to four different places. Every one of them sent me right back here. I've got to see the deputy mayor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then the guy's like, well, well, well the assistant mayor's in uh, uh, meetings oh. all day. You know, if you come back tomorrow, Mr. T has this giant paper bag in his hand. He's like, I'll wait. So he sits down, and then, and then it's more time lapse stuff. You see, it, it's like nine o'clock. The clock changes, and it's like about noon. And you see the paper bag is open, and what's left of a sandwich is sitting next to it. <laughs> clock moves some more, and oh, Mr. T's reading a magazine. And you see the assistant come out of the the vice mayor's. Uh, office saying okay i'll see you uh i'll see you on, on monday have a good weekend and mr, mr. t gets up and he, he tells him because because yeah because he's gonna tell he tells him you know he's not gonna be able to see you we're leaving for the weekend so uh maybe if you go down to social services yeah and then we get and then we get this clip deputy mayor won't be able to see you but he suggested you try the department of social services Mr. Aid, I've been social. Now I'm going to get some service. Mr. Brubaker? What's the meaning of this? You can't just barge in here like this. Mr. Brubaker, you're in trouble now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. Oh, oh and then he lined up in that football pose again. Oh my god. And he stands in front of that door. Uh, and then the camera pans to inside the office. And you just see that door. And that balsa wood just goes flying. <laughs> it's like the flavor wave oven. It's like he's going out on stage to go <laughs> be the guest hall. He kicks the door down. And there's nobody there. Uh, and well, Mayor's just. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think he, he's there. He's supposed to be be there, but I think they they either didn't have money to actually have an actual actor. <laughs> so you know, as soon as he kicks his way in, he starts talking, and then it cuts to him in jail. <laughs> well, before that, before that, it says he the it, it cuts back to the uh, to the assistant. Yeah, and he's got this this he looks like a cartoon, by the way, and it just zooms in on his face. He's like, "Oh, Mister Brewbaker, you're in trouble now." <laughs> And then it, and then the screen goes, it fades to black. Like this is where the commercial break would have been if it, you know, if it had been shown on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess at this point we ought to take our own commercial break here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> before we'll we we do that, I want to say when I was watching this movie, especially in that scene right there, <laughs> the movie Black Dynamite. That oh, movie God. was a parody of black exploitation films. Yes. It was played for laughs. The acting was played for laughs. There is a particular scene there that reminded me of this whole movie. It's the scene when Black Dynamite gets shot and he's in the hospital. And, you know, he's. It, it, sh- it opens with him using a stethoscope on, on a nurse. And then the doctor comes in, and the doctor is acting as a flustered, bad actor being mad at the the nurse because her top is off and everything. But, you know, and the actor's like, oh, Black Dynamite, and he's frumpy and a cartoon character. (laughs) But they, they are playing it that way for laughs. This whole movie is that scene, and they're playing it for real. Dynamite. I mean, really. Hey, man, you sent her in here with them titties. What you expect? Hmm. How's my x-ray? Well, no fragments. In and out. You're lucky, Black Dynamite. Three inches to the left, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Three inches to the right, it would have missed my black ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, this is going to break, man. (laughs) On that note, yeah. We'll be right back, folks. Yeah, see you on the other side, people. Mr. T will return after these messages. I'm Mr. T, and this is my night elf mohawk. Cut, T, there's no such thing as a night elf mohawk. Shut up, fool! Like I was saying, my mohawk storms through mighty forests on his frost saber. My mohawk... T, it's a warrior, not a mohawk. Well, maybe Mr. T hacked the game and created a mohawk class. Maybe Mr. T's pretty handy with computers. Had that occurred to you, Mr. Condescending Director? I'm Mr. T, and I'm a night elf mohawk. What's your game? World of Warcraft. Try it for free at warcraft.com. Rated T for team. Styling. Hey, everybody gotta wear clothes. And if you don't, you'll get arrested. But that don't mean you gotta let some fashion designer in New York or Paris tell you what to wear. Clothes express your personality. So express yourself, and not someone else. Do Calvin Klein, Bill Glass, or Gloria Vanderbilt wear clothes with your name on it? No, of course not. So you table the label 
and wear your own name. You ain't hurt. You pathetic. If I ever catch you acting like a crazy fool again, you're gonna meet my friend Pain. Snickers, get some nuts. We now return to Mr. T. All right, folks. We've oh, we've taken a break to calm down. So uh, we get back uh, into it. And I just wanted people to note also. This is only about 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All this shit happened in 20 minutes. So, um, he's in jail. And Miss Easton has to come get him out. Yeah. Um, and he's checking himself out. And he says something weird when, when he's getting his stuff. <laughs> well, because he's signing out and, like, uh,. Easton tells him, "You should shouldn't you check that before you sign it?" He's like, "Yeah." So yeah, that's right. he signs it, and she looks at it. She's like, "Uh, they give him all the stuff that he came in with." She's like, "Oh, what about his keys?" He's like, "Oh, yeah, keys." Yeah. Is it- <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I God. think that part he was supposed to say something about his keys, but he forgot his line, <laughs> and they just left it in. I guess so, man. <laughs> but uh, what's um. What 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 I had to note about this, well, because she kind of she kind of scolds him about what he did, mm-hmm. and is saying, you know, people don't respect that. You know, down at the mayor's office, they they respect bureaucrats. You know, and what I'm like, the f- what are you trying to tell him? Like, you know, like, yeah. like you know, well, that's that's not the question you ask. You say, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would you go and kick down the door at the, you know at city hall? Yeah. You know, and also at this point. The movie really should be over because after he's gone to he's he's gone to jail for causing a ruckus down at City Hall, he's kicking stuff, he's damaging property. It's like okay, this guy, this, this, we've already pulled the funding for this place. This guy, I don't know where you found found this guy, but he should not be be around these children. So uh, yeah, let's yeah, you, you you know he's fired, money gone, close this place, we're done. Yeah, but, movie over. You know, instead. It cuts to him now back at the youth center. He's he walks into the gymnasium, and all the kids are sit, sitting there looking, you know, sad and depressed. And he's like, you know, what's wrong? <laughs> and they're like, we had to forfeit the game because there wasn't an adult here to to uh, sign us in. Yeah, while he was in jail, so there was nobody there. So. He's the only him and Miss Easton are the only staff at this youth center. At the so, but but the youth center, like I said, is a school. So nobody else works at this school. You would think so. Nobody. Yeah, and you would think as good as a relation as he has with everyone on the south side of Chicago. Apparently, I mean the cops love him. Even later on, they they say that you know that. That little old ladies and and kids love him. You'd think he'd have enough pull where they would let them play, but Absolutely, anyway, man. So so yeah, but I just you know so so you know he they tell them you know yeah we had to miss the game so we got 
We so all this practice they were doing for this finals, they don't get to do it. Yeah. So that is no longer a plot in this movie. So so again, movie should be should be yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, because the kids there. are pissed and gone. They don't yeah. want to be there anymore. And they walk away. And we said, yeah, we just we just stuck around and say thanks a lot. And they all walk away. Now. T's standing there in the gymnasium by himself after everybody leaves. You see him walk around with his head down. And then he kicks. <laughs> like, kicks the, like as though he's kicking rocks. But there's no rocks. It's a gym floor. It's a basketball floor, you know? Yeah. Like parquet floors. So he kicks like he's kicking rocks. But it's just, and it's just the, it's, it's the most fake put-on emotion you've ever seen. Yeah. But then um, uh, Billy Green showed up because he was going to play. He sticks around. And and Mr. T is like, well, hey, you know numbers. Why don't we? Uh, why don't you see how how much we owe, and then we we can figure out a fundraiser to to get this money back. So so then he uh, he take instead of getting a suitcase or a folder to put all of these receipts and stuff in he gets oh, a fucking God. trash can and just starts stuffing papers in he's not even well, looking he's just grabbing pa- papers out of file well, drawers off of, off of desks and just shoving them in this in this fucking uh, <laughs> trash can well here's what he does though because he tells him he tells him he's he's been sitting here trying to figure out because he said you know I, I we missed the finals because of a mistake I made so I've been sitting here trying to figure out how to learn from this mistake and so that's when he tells him, you know, hey, you're good with numbers, you can figure out this budget. And so he's like, uh, I don't know. So first of all, I'm already like, okay, why does he need a kid? Why is he listing the help of a kid to help him with a budget? You run this place. What what the fuck? You don't want to do budgets? You know? And so that happens. But then he's like, yeah, you're good at taking, taking, uh, taking a mess and cleaning it up. So here, take this. So he gets that trash can. The trash can has trash in it. He dumps the trash onto the floor. And then yeah. he scoops all the papers off the table <laughs> into the trash can, and they walk out of the uh, they, they walk out of the building. You know, Billy Green on one side, T on the other end, with the big ass trash can under his arm with all the papers in it. Yeah, well, but now it ain't Billy, it ain't filed. Yeah, no, huh? Uh-uh, uh-uh. But but now Billy's getting called Billy the Greek for God knows what reason. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because. I don't either because I thought it was a play on Jimmy DeGreek, but Jimmy DeGreek was a sports announcer. Yeah, he he wasn't a numbers guy, as far as I know. Yeah, so I don't know what I don't know what this so, is about. But so anyway, he takes him to to faces because he has to go to work, but he still <laughs> wants Billy Green to figure out these numbers. Again, this faces place is so ambiguous. He's got this kid is probably like between 16, 16 at you know. Maybe he's 18, I don't know. But again, I don't really know what the space this place is supposed to be. I don't see any other kids in there besides him, so... The fact that he's even allowed in this place is weird to me. Yeah. yeah but I, I don't know why not, because it's not like they're stripping. But anyway, he's in the back, and, and Billy's just flying over the, this uh, this calculator. It's the old-school calculator that's got the the receipt tape on the back yeah and is printing everything off and he's just speeding through here and adding stuff up and and then there's a ruckus out in in the dining room so so uh mr t goes out there to see what's up and it's this girl's dad again saying you're not dancing here anymore you're leaving and the dad punches some random dude in the face and then starts stalking towards the girl 
and picks her up and like you know you're not dancing here we're going home now Mr. T comes out Mr. T gets in his face and starts fighting like three or four other dudes come up behind him and starts one of the greatest fights I've ever seen Oh, this fight <laughs> is amazing. He he soul claps a dude. He's yeah. body slamming. He's tossing people like eight feet across the room. No, he he's he doesn't throw a punch until the end. Most of it, he he smashes the uh, dude's ears. He's he's uh, throwing guys up over card tables, and then at one point he breaks is, some more balsa wood. Yeah, just breaking balsa wood all over the place. And then there's one point where. He grabs he he uh, knocks this guy in the stomach, so he's doubled over. Then he yanks the <laughs> he yanks the tablecloth off of a table, <laughs> and then wraps it around the dude's face. <laughs> so, at first, I'm like, "What the fuck is he doing? He's gonna strangle this guy!" But then it cuts. There's a quick jump cut, and then you see him pick up the guy like over his shoulder and you can see you can tell it's just a stuffed dummy and you just (laughs) (laughs) you see him throw it and the dummy flies superman style through the air knocks this that they have a fishing net in the air filled with balloons i don't know if it's new year's eve and they're gonna drop them (laughs) or what but he throws them (laughs) He throws this guy, and he goes flying through the air, and and the tablecloth is blowing behind him, and looks like Superman, and he oh. smashes into these balloons, <laughs> and then he punches the dad in the face. Well, no, the the dad comes up with a chair, and the oh, dad swings the chair, chair at the guy's face. But the the edit is so bad, you can because Mr. T doesn't flinch, but you can tell that the chair stops before it comes anywhere it near Mr. T. And it's it a just... forced perspective. You can tell that the chair that Mr. T is standing way far back and the chair is coming in front of his face, not at his his face. And it just stops. Like perfectly <laughs> perpendicular. Like right and the chair falls apart. <laughs> I mean it it all momentum stops <laughs> and the chair just crumbles. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> and, so he kicks them all out and everybody cheers and everything. Um, he gives Billy Green a sandwich and says, yeah, go yeah. home. Oh, oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Because I forgot about this. When he's talking about when when, he, when, when he's, he's sliding papers off of the desk and into a trash can folder. Of, you know, the trash can carrier that he made makeshift folder. Um, he tells him, come on. Come on down to my job. You know, I got an adding machine there. I'll even buy you dinner. So then he got but but you see them go back to to the back and he's talking to Billy about the numbers and everything like that you see T with like a couple slices of white bread he's spreading something on there you can't see what it is but he puts nothing else on there you see he 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 spread that condiment on there and then smashed the two pieces together put it in the bag put an apple in he's like hey what about dinner oh here it is right <laughs> what the fuck was that all that shit for like a mayonnaise sandwich and an apple yeah and it sends him on his way <laughs> so then they now we we need to fast forward here a little bit but they have now yeah. decided that they are going to have like a carnival theme uh fundraiser right. they're, they're, they're gonna sell raffle tickets they're gonna um do all of this stuff to try and raise money they're gonna have brews or not they're gonna have tanker weems show up and sign autographs and stuff 
yeah, and I just want to interject that in this scene, T is wearing a yellow muscle shirt and uh and and gray sweats with maroon shorts pulled up over the sweats. Yeah. <laughs> and those and those boots, those taped up boots. But um I, I have to note here the next well I, I cuz time is so weird in this movie. All of a sudden, Mr. T is waking up. It's like three days later after they have concocted this plan to earn the money. Oh, right, because because they need, you know, they're, they're talking about what they're going to do, and then Miss Easton is right there, and she says, uh, yeah, this is a good idea. Um, you should have checked with me. This is my gymnasium. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. He said, no, it's fine, but you know you need a license, too. He's like, what? You need a license just to have a benefit? <laughs> and again, it's like, dude, you run this, quote-unquote, this, this, this youth center. You don't know? You don't know what you need? What the fuck? Yeah. And so... And so she's, he's like, yeah. He's like, well, you know, when I go to the city hall thing, she's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. So she takes care of it. So right. Then we get this scene, like at his house, you know, where he said, you know, where he where she calls up to tell him. Yeah, she she call, calls up to tell him to say, hey, you know, I've got this license. Um. But he <laughs> she she calls him, I guess, early in the morning. So he he picks up the phone. He's like, "Hey, how how are you?" Oh no, I've been up all day. So then he says, "Hold on," and he takes water and he just rubs it. He he takes water out of his water glass and just splashes <laughs> no, it all over his face. No, 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 no. And rubs that it all over no his face. Glass. That was no water glass. He put water on it from his fishbowl. Oh yeah, fishbowl. That's what it was. On his face. And but just like, rubs it. What do that? What is so that what? gonna do? She's on the phone. She's not standing in front of him. <laughs> And he's rubbing his face, trying, trying to wake himself up. And then, you know, he's like, oh, no, I'll, I'm up this early all the time. And then his alarm go- goes off, and he grabs it. And instead of just hitting the button to make it stop, he sits on right. it. Right. Right. <laughs> I does in my nose exactly what my nose. He's like, why don't you just slap it and turn it off? Yeah. He grabs, the, he grabs the whole alarm clock, those old school alarm clocks with the two bells on the top. He grabs that, just puts it under his butt. <laughs> and sits on sound. it. <laughs> But then, you know, uh, Miss Easton says, well, have you seen Billy? Because it, it's been like three days and no one's seen him. So he's like, oh, no, I'll I'll go to his house and find him. Oh, Jesus So Christ. then we go to his house in this little rundown shack and find out his mom's a prostitute. Yes, and this is what I'm talking about. And when this, I said, this is a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, I mean, it, she doesn't say she's a prostitute, but you can figure it out. And this is yeah. where... It, I, I was wrong. This is where you get the one major celebrity in this movie. You get Dennis Farina as this woman's John. <laughs> Dennis Farina, he he, you know, he's been in all kinds of movies. He's played a cop on TV shows. Um, only movie I can think of off the top of my head is that movie with Jennifer Lopez and George Clooney. Um, out of sight. Out of sight. Yeah. She played his dad, or he played her dad. I mean. Okay. So, uh, so the mom says Billy's not not here. He hasn't been here all night. I don't know. Or she, he hasn't been here all night. And then he, he said, says, you know, well, uh, where did he sleep? And she says, well, nobody slept here. And dude, that's where Dennis Freeman comes out. Is like, who is it? This guy? Is he bothering you? <laughs> well, no, he shows up. He says, like, "Oh, so I guess I need to go." I guess he thinks he's he's the pimp or something. I don't know. Or or the next uh, the next client or something. Either way, she's like, "No, no, no." You guys, so she kicks T out so she can go handle the biz, and 
He goes back down the stairs. Billy is down there all of a sudden. He's down there sleeping under a desk or whatever. He's the hell sleeping that is. in a cabinet like fucking Harry Potter. <sighs> like Punky Brewster. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, I sleep here sometimes. It's like, what the fuck? And but, he tells him, he tells him, why sleep here? You have plenty, you, there's plenty of room at my place. Now, time out. Uh, it's been, only been a couple of days since you first met this kid. You met this kid trying to rob somebody. You're gonna let this kid come to your house? Yeah. You trust him all, that much already? Yeah. What if he cleans you out? And then, then what kind of egg are you gonna have in your face? Right. Right. But then, you know, uh, we get the scene where they're, they're walking from Billy's place and they're walking home. And this car pulls up, and it's this mobster guy. Who do you have his name? I forget it. Uh, I don't remember. But it, it's this mobster guy that Billy runs numbers for, and he's like, you know, hey, you're you're short on your money. We haven't seen you, so Billy gives him a wad of cash. Mister T, of course, intervenes, throws a guy through in, into a, a thing of trash, punches another guy over over the car. Um, yeah, and then we get, we and then we get this clip. Name's Bruce, and this kid don't need no more your chump change. He just retired from the numbers game. <laughs> so, so then he he just leaves them there, and you know, uh, they get back to. He doesn't seem to be afraid that they might pull a gun and just. No, he's Mister T. In the back of the head, you he's Mister T. Well, Mr. T, but he also seems very naive about what's going on, because now he's asking Billy all these questions about, you know, his life and everything. But it's like, dude, do you, you know where you are. You yeah. know what kind of you know what kind of part of town this is, where you're running. You know where all these kids have been. You act like you've never seen this before. Yeah. But, um, anyway, they get back to Mr. T's apartment. Mr. T's like, you know, you can stay here and, uh, you know, eat whatever my place is your place. So, so then yeah, he starts changing to go to uh, pick up the the uh, the license from Miss Easton, and while he's showing Billy around, this is like a loft apartment. There's no rooms. It's just you know one giant room. There's no sectioned off area. But he's got all this this uh, workout equipment. Pay attention to this workout equipment because I got a point to make later. He's got, you know, he's got weights and workout equipment, all this stuff. He's got this one giant barbell that's sitting there. And Bill, Billy's like, uh, well, can you lift that? And Mr. T's like, no, because sometimes you have to have something to show that you can't do everything or something like that. And and so. Um, but he also, while it's just going on, he asks him, you know, so your mother has a lot of company. And, and and Billy says, no, nah, not as much as he used to. She's getting too old and the competition is getting high. Like, dude! Again, made for TV movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he does call it out. He's like, oh, and, you know, you can stop trying to trying to uh, get information from me. She's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, you know, he... he it, T acts very naive about such things. I mean, come on, you know... It, he, he knows what's going on there. That's not something you ask somebody. But even so, that's in the script of a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then he goes to Miss Easton's office, and he takes her some flowers. And, uh, you know, they start talking. 
about just whatever. And you get a really nice shot of charismatic Mr. T holding a, a cup of coffee. And he's looking all suave and he's got that smile on his face. Then, of course, Miss Easton has to talk about uh, her husband who died in Vietnam. And Mr. T gives his backstory that, that uh, he, he was a troubled kid and and he went into the Marines an important fact he, he went into the Marines to stay out of jail and when he came back he he devoted his life to kids so they don't end up the way he was yeah but that just makes it so much more confusing that you know he doesn't understand why Billy's in so much trouble like you live this yeah he said he'd been alone since he was eight, at age 10 oh and one more thing about Billy I forgot to mention back in the apartment you know cause T all of a sudden he starts uh, he starts he starts picking his mohawk mm-hmm. and Billy asks him again he bites again he's like okay so what's up with the haircut you know and he explains you know this is it's, it's, it shows his African heritage it's from the Mandinka tribe which every time Mr. T is on film I mean other than the 18 I don't think he mentioned they made 18 but you know, any little project you did, like that one, <laughs> like that be somebody or be somebody's fool mm-hmm. or <laughs> anything else, he always makes it a point to mention that, like to, to explain where the haircut comes from. And I guess, you know, this is early Mr. T, so maybe people didn't know back then. But it seemed like all his early stuff, you know, he would always make a point to mention, you know, where, where the haircut comes from. Yeah. And they even put it in this movie. Yeah. So, um,. Then it cuts to sort of a, a montage of Billy and Mr. T and the kids all selling these raffle tickets to, you know, to earn money for the fundraiser to save the school. Yeah. Youth center, whatever. And then it cuts back to the restaurant where Billy hangs out now. <laughs> And, and they start looking at, at the numbers and, and Mr. T's like, Billy, you, you sold this many this fast? He's like, hey, I'm, I'm a talker. I'm charismatic or something like that. He says, Charm. Yeah. Yeah. So then it so cuts... give him another nickname. He's Charming Billy Green now. Yeah. He's Billy the Greek. He's Charming Billy Green. He's the dude. He's something else. Yeah. He, he gets another nickname later. But then it cuts to them decorating for the carnival which I guess is going to start the next day or that day. I don't know, but everyone's decorating all the kids. Kids are there, you know, working on it. And tanker Weem shows up and he's being a dick saying, you know, I'm only going to be here for half an hour. That's all the time you get. I'm not doing this pussy shit and stuff like that, you know? And, uh, so Billy says, you know, you can probably take him. I've seen all the, the, the equipment in your apartment you could probably take him you should enter the toughest man in the world contest and he's like I'm not going to do that and he's like well it's you know $100,000 and he's like really? no I can never take tanker weaves and then um, another kid sh- shows up and says you know Mr. T there's a, a police officer in the in the office for you yeah so Mr. T, T goes up there. Police officer says that he's heard rumors that that somebody is uh, that P 
people are buying tickets under false pretenses because somebody is guaranteeing them that they will win if they spend 20 bucks and we've got several complaints yeah and that's which okay that was in my notes i guess i didn't catch that both times i was wondering how the police even knew that he said they they got reports but who yeah i'm saying who how they who who reports that right why? I, I don't even understand how, how that is a complaint that you would go up to somebody. Why would you complain? Unless the raffle was over already? And then you can say, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so said, said that I was guaranteed to win. Then I could see it happening. But not before the raffle has even taken place. Right, I just, this is all, it's just sloppy writing. Yeah. Yeah, but then the the cop says, "Well, you're gonna have to give money back to every single person that you sold t- tickets to." Yeah, so everything they've done here, which off or not, all down they the they weren't taking names. It was the roll of tickets that you can buy from you know Oriental Trading Company. <laughs> you know, there's no names on there. How are you gonna find all these people to sell these tickets back to? That's true, because they were doing this on the street. It's not like they wrote everything down or took the names. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, Yeah. but again, very sloppy writing. But then you get the... I I know I've said this several times, but you get one of the greatest line deliveries from Mr. T right here. Yeah, let's just play it right now. (laughs) Billy Green! Get out of my center! Get out of my apartment and get out of my life. (laughs) Get out of my apartment and get out of my life. And And then that music. Yeah, the the, the, the sad music comes on. You know, if it was Arrested Development, they'd be playing the Charlie Brown. um... (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. You know, and so he walks out of there with his head down, and then uh, Mr. T walks away the same way. And then, but here's the thing: so he kicks Billy out, tells him to get out of his apartment. He doesn't go there with him. He sends him to his apartment by himself. He trusts him uh. again. He trusts him to stay there. He trusts him to go quietly, not to fuck anything up. But then you go to his way, and oh yeah, he does. Goes and smashes his trophies and rips his Marine vet picture and everything. Yeah, he had had an autographed picture of his platoon. And it was autographed by all the the people who Mr. T saved over there, yeah. you know. And uh, he gets back with, with Miss Easton with pizza, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they're all upset. And so it basically comes to the point where Mr. T has to enter the toughest man contest in order to get the money for the center. It's the only only thing to do. Right, and the prize right. is like a hundred thousand so. dollars. Yeah, which apparently will only keep the the youth center running for like four or five months. No, no, no! Said. It'll keep it running for four years. Oh, four need, years. Okay. Yeah, because twenty you need twenty five grand to keep it running for another year. That's right. So a hundred thousand would be at least four. That's right. So, so Miss Easton says, you know, I'm sure you can do it, and you know, at, at least think about it. So then Miss Easton leaves and Mr. T turns around, goes over to, to that weight, that uh, bar- barbell that uh, 
he said that he can't lift. <laughs> and without too much of a struggle, he lifts it over his head. Oh, no trouble at all. It <laughs> goes right up. And then he goes to his boss and says, Hey, I need to enter the, this toughest man contest. I will give you the money back, but it's a thousand dollars to enter. So then uh, the boss says, Okay, I will pay it for you if you go with me to this boxing gym and we're gonna see we're gonna show you what what this fight is gonna be like so he gets in the ring with this little welterweight and the welterweight's dancing around and hitting him and knocking him down and everything just all, the all over the place just, just, just makes, a, makes a complete fool of him yeah and you know, Billy Green just happened to be there watching it's a lot like do you remember when Kimbo Slice, like before he made his debut in, you know, in, in actual sanctioned MMA, he did a bunch of underground fighting. Mm-hmm. It was all brawling. I mean, you could take people out with just a few really well-timed, really good, you know, a few punches to the face and it'd be it, be over in seconds. Yeah. So this is what's happening with T. He's taking all these wild swings and stuff like that, but see, he has no real, you know, boxing is not brawling, you know? And this guy, this welterweight, is boxing, you know, so he's ducking out of the way and just tagging them, just, just, just destroying them. Yeah. But you know, this... if they weren't wearing pads, he would have beaten the fuck out of T. But this is where the logic breaks again. He was in the Marines. <laughs> I know he had to have been taught hand-to-hand fighting. He exactly. knows, you know, he, he knows how, how to put his hands up during a fight, but he, he just can't seem to do it in this movie, you know? <laughs> So then Billy Green sees him getting his butt kicked, and he leaves. But then, Again, uh, and why was he there? I think I I don't know. There was no reason for him to be there for the plot. See, again, b- bad writing. You know, there was no reason for him to even be there. He just happened to be. Yeah. So, so then uh, Mr. T tells his boss, he, he's like, "Well, uh, Tanker Weems isn't going to be dancing all around." He's not not that fast. So then Mr. T just walks up to the welterweight and just decks him one. Knocks uh, the dude to the ground. Hold on a second. Actually, I got a, I got, I got the clip right here because that's not what he says. He says this. Man, Tank ain't no scientist compared to that flea flicker. He's bigger, slower, and more stationary. <laughs> that's where he says uh, he's bigger, tougher, more stationary. Yeah, more station. More stationary, folks. More stationary. And now, you can tell, you can tell that the the people who edited the movie caught it too, and they tried to turn the volume down on that word, but they didn't. They they didn't edit it quite right because you can still hear him say stationary. See, and that was my whole question. I was like, did he? Was that in the script? Was he trying to say, or did that? You know. No. Was that just T ad libbing, or did he go off the script, say something, you know, just make a goof and say something wrong? Like, I, 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 I didn't catch it. They turned on the volume, but uh, I guess there it is, right there. He said it wrong, and they tried to fix it, and they just didn't even bother to like just, you yeah. know, go around that or, or ADR it, you know? Yeah. But so then now, it shows <laughs> Mr. T training. Yeah, this and is he's, Rocky moment. He's, yeah, it, it's a. Montage, it, you know the South Park montage song, you know, 
Gotta have a montage. But this is montage. the montage. Sorry. This is the part that breaks the movie for me more than anything else. Part of the training is for him to climb a wall. Oh, this yeah. film happened in 1984. It's you know Vietnam was what 60s, so it's 20 years. Want to say he was in the Marine Corps? He was in Vietnam. You would assume he probably left the service after Vietnam, like many vets did. Mm-hmm. But he still has all of that exercise equipment. He it, It's not like he left the Marines, left the military, and just sat on his ass and got fat. <laughs> the dude is jacked. When you go to boot camp, you climb walls taller than that. I was going to say, you know, to even get through boot camp, you got to go over walls. So what's happening here? Yeah, but he cannot climb this wall. It is his fucking kryptonite. And the, the training, it keeps cutting back to him trying to climb the wall. He can't climb the wall. He he's wore out and he's tired and he can't you know he can't get catch his breath and everything. So, uh, anyway, it gets to the toughest man contest, the first stage of the toughest man contest. Well, well, well. Before the toughest man contest, I just want to say they do a quick shot back at faces. Mister mm-hmm. um, goes in there. She walks into um, uh, what of uh, the lady's name? She's the. Uh, is it Dick's mother or? Yeah, it's his mom. Remember? So yeah, yeah. So she's there, and they walk t- to a mirror, and she's like, "See, it's a, but it's a dressing room." And so all the girls are there. She's like, "Oh, is everybody decent?" And I'm like, "The fuck? Hey, yeah, they are. They don't get naked at this place. Don't even. Don't. Don't. Who are you kidding? No, everybody's decent. They're always decent." So they go in the mirror, and she wants him to put on a tough face, and so he's like, <laughs> "So she's teaching. <laughs> so she's teaching." <laughs> An old white lady is teaching Mr. T how to put on a tough face. Let that sink in, people. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> he can't do it. You know, he can't. He has not a snarl or growl. So she starts making noise and he goes like, Rrr, Rrr. So they all finally. <laughs> he finally she finally gets him where, he, where, where she wants him. But I just. She had to teach T how to put on a tough face face to put on a facade are you kidding me yeah and then she said that that's he all that had happens to, in this scene he had to have a tough look and that's when she took a feather bow and she wrapped it around him and then cuts to the toughest man contest where we see everyone in the preliminary stages and they're doing stuff like push-ups and all this stuff Right. I, I, it, I think I think it's like the warm up day before the actual tough man. It's like the uh I guess it's like preliminary round, like you know, they like whoever gets through this, like they get to go through the next uh compete in like, you know, the, the actual the obstacle course thing. Yeah. Yeah. So but it's like they try to wear everybody out here at this point. It's right. Like an endurance endurance uh competition. Right. So um <clears throat> then it and cuts so, to to Mr. T at this competition and in order to look tough and menacing he's now got the trademark uh, feather string things attached to his ears like he did sometimes on the 18 <laughs> and he's yeah, got this except- loud 
These uh, things, though, these are like fucking dream catchers. Yeah, they're huge. This is, I mean, even crazier than anything you've ever seen. They're huge. On, on him. And he's got this, like, leopard print leotard underneath this bright purple leotard. Because I don't know what her plan, her plan was to make him stand out and look menacing or something. Yeah, but, but just so makes she him look like him, a fool. Because she gives him purple spandex with a big tiger print, on, like a, a print of a tiger on his chest. But then the trim is a leopard trim. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it not only looks stupid, it's inconsistent because you got a tiger but with leopard a leopard pattern. Yeah. And then Billy Green has now gone back to uh, this mob boss to work. And the mob boss has now dubbed him Big Time Billy Green. (laughs) Big time. Because he needed another nickname. But they come up with this plan because they saw how... Because Billy told them how the welterweight kicked Mr. T's ass. So then they start you know, taking bets and they're gonna um, they are gonna have this whole thing where um, Mr. T or uh, Hunter Weems is going to pretend to be injured and then if Mr. T makes it through there's a lot of ifs in this plan (laughs) if Mr. T makes it through the preliminary round and makes it through the obstacle course round and ends up in the fight with Hunter Weems, then Hunter Weems will take off the cast and, you know, show that he's not actually hurt. Right. So, then... (laughs) Then, um... What happens next? Oh, it's the actual contest, right? Yeah. Well, well... No, no, I take it back. Then yeah, it's, uh, it's Mr. T goes, or they're, they're celebrating because he made it through the preliminary round. He's going to be in the obstacle course. One of the kids says, man, it would be nice if, if Billy the Greek was here. <laughs> and Mr. T's like, yeah, it would be. So he goes to Billy's house to, uh, you know, just apologize. Yeah. Billy and... doesn't want anything to do with him. Right, and before we get there, though, um, he's back at home. He's got a bunch of money he's given to his mom. And she's like, why are you coming up with so much loot lately, Mr. Big Shot? It's like, uh... First of all, he's been having the money. I mean, I, I, I guess he established that she doesn't see him too much because she does, she, you know, she runs her operation out of, uh... You know, out of her house, so she doesn't really care where he is. But... Um... You know, who is she to talk? Where is she getting her loot from? Yeah. Yeah, and where is that loot going? <laughs> exactly. Though he, he going does say, house house sucks. spend this on groceries instead of booze or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Billy, Billy says, you know, get out of my life. I don't want to talk to you anymore. He leaves. So Mr. T is just hanging out at Billy's house for a minute. <laughs> His mom comes out of the bedroom. <laughs> And she's like, excuse me, I have company coming. And so she's like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) And leaves. So then he's getting ready for the uh, preliminary match. In the meantime, Billy goes back to the mobster's house with the welterweight guy. 
and he's mm-hmm. like, we have a problem. Um, this is the, the welterweight that I saw fighting Mr. T. And the welterweight says, yeah, I, I danced around in the first round, but then second round, he just came at me and knocked me out. And he's been training. It's like, well, no, what, what, do you, what did they think he was going to be doing? <laughs> right. He, the, the mobster guy made this plan, but he didn't take into account that, of course, he, he, Mr. T is not going to enter this contest and then just sit around until the day of and go and compete, (laughs) you know? So then they could concoct this new plan where they're going to drug Mr. T so he can't perform well, because if they get everyone to bet on Mr. T and Mr. T wins, they lose all their money. But if they make Mr. T have an accident and he forfeits the match, then they'll still lose their money because it was a forfeit. So they decide if he gets through the preliminary, then we're going to drug him. Yeah. Why I don't know, but anyway, okay. We get well, to the. Well, con- they want to drug him because you know if he makes it through and he faces Tanker, then you know they're they think, scared oh, he's he going to win. Get, right, so they they're going to dope him so that Tanker, you know, goes ahead and beats him. But I don't under. This plan was. They want hatched. people to put their money on, put their money on T, you know. Yeah, and so then that they bet on Tanker, and then because 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 they've already got Tanker looking like he's they they want people to believe he's Whiplash, so he's not a hundred percent. Right. And so they have Bruce. He's gonna have T win the uh, win the obstacle course. So it's like, oh, well, he looks like the shoe in to win this, and Tanker's not a hundred percent. So people put their money on T. He wins. You know. But why not have the bet set up? Have people bet on T for the obstacle course. Why put all this effort and money on him getting all the way to Tanker? That's what because I don't Because they can have Tanker beat his ass, you know. Because T winning, here's the thing. T winning the obstacle course makes him the favorite. Especially with Tanker seeming to be injured, even though he's really not. Oh, yeah, that's true. So then, yeah, so then people bet on T. They, of course, they bet the money on Tanker. And... You know, as an insurance policy, they are going to dope T so that he really doesn't stand a chance against Tanker. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. what happens there. Yeah. So, anyway. And, see, I I was under the impression that they only had a month to come up with this money. That was from the very beginning of the movie. But it's been, you know, two weeks or a week preparing for the carnival that got shut down. A week preparing for the preliminary thing. I'm going to say another week preparing for the obstacle course, and then the obstacle course, and then another week after that for the actual fight. So that's five weeks. Yeah, my and, on to- right. and on top of that, when he first talks to Miss Easton the first time in, in the office where he says, Ain't nobody shutting down my center for my kids, she says they already did. So yeah. this place really shouldn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's already shut shut down. <laughs> so the mo- yeah, but and, and we get to the obstacle course, and it's it's an endurance race. They have to do a bunch of push-ups. They have to do a bunch of pull-ups. Um, 
They have to do some other thing, too. Oh, uh... Uh, arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. See, this is... They... There's eight of them starting. And they all do the push-ups. They all do the, the pull-ups. They all do the arm wrestling. And then what it was supposed to be was after the arm wrestling was done, the four winners out of the eight would go to the obstacle course. Yeah, but, but when the obstacle course started, all eight of them were there. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> because I guess they realized, you know, they need enough footage and it wouldn't work with just those four guys. So they had all eight running anyway. I guess so. But the, the obstacle course... But they course, didn't go back and they, they didn't catch that. They didn't go back and edit that. Yeah. That, that's what confused me. But then we're getting to the, the complete and total logic break that I mentioned earlier. Remember, I told you to remember the exercise equipment. Remember that he was a Marine. Remember that he can't climb over this goddamn wall. Okay? We get to the obstacle course. They're going... They're going uh, over hills and down the slide. They have to put these helmets on so that they can uh, fireman crawl under these ropes while people shoot tennis ball guns at them. Yeah. And it's then, like the assault from Gladiators. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a American Gladiators meets Double Dare obstacle course, kind of. Mm-hmm. So then they get to the wall. They get to the wall. Mr. T freezes. In the meantime, everyone else, except for I, I, like two or three guys, got caught up and stopped at the at the ball shooting thing. Mm-hmm. They they just quit. They were tired and wore out. Everyone else goes past Mr. T, climbs over the wall. And I assumed that the thing was timed, right? So who, well, whoever whoever get, gets over the wall and to the end wins. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mr. T freezes. And he just stands there. And everyone's like, what is he doing? Oh my god, what is he doing? And even the mobster's like, oh, I don't think he's going to make it. We don't have anything to worry about now. Because he's, he's not going to make it past this. All of a sudden, it switches to slow-mo. Mr. T running. And, of course, you think, okay, he's going to run. He's going to grab the rope. He's going to jump over the wall. Somehow, he's going to end up beating everyone else to the finish line and winning. Folks, you are wrong. Mr. T runs through the wall. He smashes Smashes, through the wall. Smashes through this balsa wood wall like nobody's (laughs) business. Everybody jumps up and are cheering because somehow he won. No, he cheated. That should not be counted. Yeah, exactly. Movie over right here. That is what breaks it. The wall is part of the race. It's part of it, yeah. And you have been passed. If you could do that, you could run around it. You have been passed. Exactly. You have been passed by everyone else in this fucking competition. They're already over the wall. See, it'd be different if... Okay. It'd be different if you go over the wall and still have to run like what another hundred yards to get to the to the finish line but the finish line is right there yeah and even so it still wouldn't be different because he smashed through he didn't go over right but somehow he won he won he's now the winner he's facing tanger (laughs) (laughs) oh and at that point folks i want to just turn it off i was they they really lost me there yes i don't get it but <laughs> um, now, after the, this contest, Billy Green is starting to feel bad, I guess? 
I'm not exactly sure what caused the change of heart. Uh, cause he is a th- well, I don't either, but um, well, you know what? Cause I think we got ahead of ourselves. Um, well, after he saw, well, first of all, after he saw T smash through the wall, which again should not have been counted. The movie should be over right now. Um, you see him start clapping like a mat. Like you see the look on his face. He's just like over. He's, he's overjoyed. He's like this. He's, he's, just, he's, just, he's like a crazy person. He's clapping. He's excited. Now, I think we got ahead of ourselves. Um, the part about the injection, the doping, mm-hmm. that actually comes right here, where they reveal the plan, what they're gonna do. Yeah, that, and that's, that's what a- after is. he won, after right. he uh, won the race. Right. That's what they say they're gonna do it. Oh and yeah, that's right. That's when, that's when Billy's like, oh shit, no, wait a minute, this isn't, you know, now this isn't cool. And the boss man has Billy call, call up T. And tell him to come come down to this place, come alone. Yeah, it's one of the weirdest. I mean, this mobster. I don't know how, how he he became the number one like mob boss on on the In south Chicago. side of Chicago because his <laughs> plans are horrible. So he's this gonna have terrible. he's gonna have Billy call Mister T, tell Mister T to come down to the mob boss's uh, uh, business front. Yeah, to get it. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Now, here's my problem with 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 T, uh, right here. He heard that. He tells him come alone. No, you don't go alone. You call the police. He told you where he was gonna be at. Call the police. Mm-hmm. But T goes there anyway. Yeah, T goes anyway. And this is where you know. And and we we didn't mention this beforehand. Uh, um, back in the uh, the scene with, at at Billy's house, and this you know. See, you were talking about where where you wanted to turn the movie off at the mm-hmm. obstacle course. I wanted to turn the movie off a few minutes before that, you know, when he goes to apologize to Billy and Billy doesn't, you know, and he tells him, no, you only want me around because you can't read or write a lick, can you? And he's like, it's true. I'm illiterate. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Um, everything okay so everything we've we've everything that he's gone through okay so first of all it starts to make sense how he got saddled with this job you know this quote unquote this youth center and how he hasn't been paying the bills and how he doesn't know how to work the budgets or anything but how did he get so far in his life and do everything he's done without being able to read it right and second of all why is that a plot point it doesn't make any sense it has no bearing on this movie at all Mm-mm. Other than the fact that he has to depend on this kid, but I mean, they could have written around that. They just could have said, "Hey, he, you know, he really wanted to help this kid get off the streets. He didn't like what he was mixed up in and his troubled home life." Yeah, but they wrote this. Now, what the fuck does that got to do with anything? Why would they? Why is he illiterate? I don't know. Just to to amp up the tension or something. I don't know. It, it it does nothing, and so when we get to this part where it's like you know where he just goes down there, it's like now is he illiterate? He's a dumbass. He doesn't do like. Nah, nah. Whoa, whoa. watch your words there. I'm just no, I'm not. Nah, T is not dumbass, but Bruce Brubaker is. Okay. He goes down there and, and he goes because he tells him come alone. He tells him exactly where he's at. I'm getting the police. I'm not going alone. I'm not going down yeah, there at call all. Call Ernie. Ca- Ernie. He knows Ernie by name. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, he's he's uh, starts heading down there. And he doesn't have a car. He walks everywhere. He rides the bus and he walks everywhere. Yeah, he walks everywhere with those taped up boots. Yeah, so he he's heading down to the boss's uh, warehouse, which is a a restaurant supply store, and uh, he's walking down there. Billy is having all these, and this is the actual day of the competition. He yes. has to be there by like four or five o'clock to sign in, otherwise he forfeits. So, he's on his way down there. Billy is in the... Er, no, uh, Tanker sh- shows up and says, hey, I want more money you know, to do this. And so, Tanker and the mob boss are arguing and try- trying to negotiate a new deal. In the meantime, Billy is in the office. He calls Faces and tells tells all the kids and the boss you know hey you know Bruce is walking into a trap send help call the cops nope they don't call the cops they're like no. hey well, hey, well, they... hey kids Mr. T is walking into a trap by a mobster let's all get on the bus and go get him <laughs> <laughs> yeah first of all if this was real that bus is getting shot up. Yeah, you know, as soon as it's, it's a bus, it's a, it's a bright yellow school bus. Yeah, nobody, everybody sees that coming. So they all get on the bus and they head to uh, the store. In the meantime, Mister T has shown up, and uh, Billy got caught on the phone. So now the mobster is is threatening Billy for real this time. Yeah. Because he thinks that he called the cops or, you know, something. So, Mr. T walks in just as they're holding Billy. And he sees Tanker there and he's like, oh, so this is a setup. And Billy's like, yeah, they're going to set you up and they're going to dope you. So, you can't fight Tanker. uh, Mr. T starts fighting. And, I mean, there's no balsa wood, but there's plenty of uh, cardboard boxes. Cobra boxes and like these little uh, those uh, plastic foam sheets that you use for packing. Yeah, and I mean, and, everywhere. and giant trash bags full of of packing peanuts. <laughs> so, oh, I've got to mention, as Billy gets caught, and this is a warehouse, so that there's an upper level and then a lower level. Billy gets caught, and he's running around the office in the upper level, and the mob bosses, you know, get him, grab him. Billy somehow transforms into a much older, taller man and <laughs> jumps off the balcony onto this giant layer of uh, of cardboard boxes, which is you know standard standard cushion for for uh, stunt people. They don't use the the big inflatable mattresses all the time. They they use cardboard boxes because it absorbs the shock just as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so uh, anyway, Mr. T starts fighting everybody. He's fighting Tanker. He's everything, but all these thugs manage to get a hold of him, and they're holding him down. And then you see the mob boss with this syringe in his hand, and he's just slowly creeping up on, on, uh, on Mr. T's thigh. I mean, he's taking his sweet fucking time. Yeah. He's just going slow and, like, creeping towards him. 
Yeah, and so speaking of going going in slow mo, um, that bus that we talked about, you know, with Dick driving the bus with all those children on it, going to save Mr. T. They come, they they come around the corner. Mm-hmm. He makes it. He he <laughs> he swings that bus around, tells everybody, "Hold on," and smashes right through the wall. And in slow mo, that pause on pause slow mo, and they come back. It'll tear everything up. Now. Uh, and of course that distracts them long enough, you know, so they don't, they're not able to inject Mr. T and then the fight resumes. But now here's the thing, cause the police are on their way. Somebody somehow, you know, got the police involved. Yeah. And I, so I think the, the restaurant boss said, call the police and then get on the bus. Okay. All right. So that's what happens. Yeah. So the police are on their way. Now we've got property damage. We've got reckless endangerment of children yeah they're all going to jail too yeah because because the boss opens the bus door and says come on kids get them so now the kids are fighting these you know 40 50 year old mobsters and who should have guns by all for all intents and purposes but they don't yeah and they're fighting these dudes now this is a restaurant supply or a restaurant you know rental place so okay it's a warehouse, but they've got, they've got, uh, uh, like some place settings out, you know, just demos, basically demo place settings for like, you know, a wedding or a meeting or whatever. Right. They've got demos for, you know, all kinds of stuff. Plus they've got, you know, the industrial sized things of ketchup and mustard and everything thing that makes no sense. There are real cakes. <laughs> just sitting there on the shelf. Real cakes just sitting there on the <laughs> shelf. On on the uh, on the round table that's set up with all the place settings, the napkins and the the tablecloth and everything. Mm-hmm. There are there are it's not even a bowl, it's like a oval trough almost, full of like ketchup and mustard. Real ketchup and mustard just sitting on this table. Do you know how bad that must? It is a warehouse. So in summer, someone just walks past it every once in a while, just hocks a big old luger right there into the. Yeah. Do you know how bad that place must smell with 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 ketchup and mustard just sitting out unrefrigerated, with cakes sitting out unrefrigerated. That icing should be melted. That this cake should be rock hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but they're not because they use in the fight. <laughs> yep, they sure do. In fact, um, but they, they, the fight resumes because, well, you know, they're all. I, I think Miss Easton grabs a big pot, puts it over somebody's head, and starts banging it. Like, puts it, like, o- like a, puts like a it over the the mob boss's head and starts banging it. And then a kid like grabs like a, a vat of pickles and throws it at somebody, and it hits Tanker. Yeah. And Tanker wakes up. Now that's uh, that. that Miss everything that's going on. That's what brings Tanker into the fight. That was his Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Like he gets hit with those. He gets hit with the puckles. He's like, "All right, that's it, me and you." So he gets up, and then here comes the, the battle with T. Yeah, no, but but the before we get to that part, there's another part where this one older guy. He he was late fifties, if not early sixties. He is wrangling Billy, and I swear there is a part that they didn't quite cut out and if I can isolate the clip I will and I'll put it in right here 
if I can find it, you'll listen to the episode and you'll hear it. But I swear you hear him ask Billy, are you okay? Like, like they, because they were wrestling around. He had Billy in a headlock. It, it was uh, just before the the bus came crashing through. And I swear he says it, and they just the the microphone just happened to catch it. You know, because don't want to rough up a kid, right? You know, so you just hear him say, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and then, and then this other kid comes to rescue Billy. He grabs one of the big trash bags full of packing peanuts, and it's just hitting this guy. And the guy's like, "Oh, oh no!" And he lets go of Billy, and he's flailing his arms in the air, trying to keep the kid from hitting him with a trash bag full of packing peanuts. Which is probably lighter than air. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So then Tanker and, and Mr. T get down. And Mr. T just owns his ass. He beats the crap out of Tanker. I mean, it's, 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 it's not quite a one-sided fight. But I mean, you watch this thing and you know there's no way Tanker's going to win this. Yeah. yeah. Which and is he... really strange. I mean, considering Tanker is much bigger than T. Like muscle definition and in, in in height and mass. Yeah, except his legs. I mean, if Mister T just would have just would have done one one like leg sweep, it would have been over a long time. <laughs> but anyway, he gets in fight. He knocks Tanker down. Tanker's unconscious, so he goes and grabs one of the cakes that's still intact. Everybody's he, going, do it, do it, do it. Big smile on T's face, so he can't wait to do it. Yeah, and he just drops it on Tanker's head. There you go. And then the cops show up, and then he's Ernie like, oh, up. hey, Ernie. <laughs> he's, oh, God. And Ernie's like, hey, uh, yeah, you know we what, got what enough. precinct is Ernie part of, man? Because it seems like he's servicing just all of Chicago. Yeah, I don't know. Chicago's not a very small place. I mean, Ernie just... And I hope he's clocking good OT. I don't know. But in instead of stopping to get statements from everybody, um, you know, just just to take stock of the whole situation, Ernie says, Hey, I've got enough cops here. Why don't I give you a lift to the stadium? <laughs> so, you know, he can go and and get his money because Bruce or uh, Tanker obviously is knocked out. He's not going to make it to the the stadium in time, and he's going to forfeit. Mister T automatically wins a hundred hundred thousand dollars. Okay, you know what? That I I I forgot about the whole forfeit. You know that that whole thing. Okay, because. What I was thinking here was this ending was false. I thought that after, you know, they do the fight and then Billy's like, you know, it looks to me like you just won $100,000. And then T goes, we just won. And I'm just sitting there like, no, you didn't. Because this wasn't part of the contest. This was not the fight. Yeah. I thought it was one of those, like, 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 like the end of Rocky Five, where, where, you know, Rocky and Tommy Gunn have it outside, you know? Like, this wasn't sanctioned, you know? So it's like, for him to go back to the stadium and get the money, I'm just like, that can't be because no one saw it. So how do you know? You know how are they? How are they going to get him? I'm like, they didn't. They didn't win shit. But I'm guessing, yeah, if he can't make it there, I guess, uh, yeah, that's 
that he would win by default. Yeah, because he's under arrest because he's part of this plot. Yes. Okay. But. But. Why are the police, one, letting them all go? I don't. It doesn't matter if they called the, the cops before taking the bus there. The cops will want every single witness to stay right there so they can take stock of the situation, question people. The ambulance would have been there to check everybody over, make sure yeah. ev- everybody is, you know, unhurt, uninjured. Child Protective Services would have been there. <laughs> Well, I guess Ernie gets to make his own call on the fly. I guess so. Because he's Ernie. (laughs) Yeah, but then the movie's over. You never show him going to the center, or to to the stadium and getting his, you know, oversized check that says $100,000 on it. You don't see the center after he gets the money, and it's open and everybody's playing, and Billy Green's part of the team or anything. You just see them walking to the cop car, credits roll. And one more thing that, that again part of this ending is uh T is like, Oh, you know, I guess I'll have to give you a knife back. And Billy tells him, Oh, you know, I don't need that knife. He said, I thought your father gave it to you. He said, I lied. So again, back to what I said a long time ago. He could have he could have walked away without that knife a long time ago, got himself a different knife. I mean he worked for a mob for, he, he worked for mob bosses. I mean they couldn't have given him a piece. Yeah. Or, or, or you know another knife yeah you know Though the whole I, movie could have been Billy Green could have been out of this movie a long time ago yeah but when he, he said he lied Mr. T switched from, from happy Mr. T to angry Mr. T really fast <laughs> yeah and then he goes like well I'll never do it again yeah you know and so we go through everything you just said there and then yeah we just get credits roll we don't see so we really get no satisfaction I mean they already lost the basketball they, they already lost the basketball thing by uh by default, you know, by forfeit. So that's gone. I mean, I'm guessing, I'm inferring that they're gonna get the center back, but since he well, can't read, yeah, they're gonna sign him over. Like, you know, it's probably like, you know, a copy of like the Chicago Tribune or something like that. It's not even a check for anything, and he goes back there <laughs> and without any money. I mean, we don't really know what happens at the end of this. We're left all the stuff up in the air. And I'm guessing, this is just my thought. But I'm guessing this movie was supposed to be a backdoor pilot, and if it had done well, it would have become it would have become a series of Mr. T running a youth center, kinda, sorta. I, well, my only question, I mean, since this wasn't, uh, you know, this wasn't a theatrical release, so there's no way we can check and see, you know, oh, how much money did this make? We don't know how many people watched Toughest Man in the World. For them to measure how well it did. I don't know. Are there? Let me check the old reliable internet bible. Well, I mean, because we already know. No, obviously, no, it didn't. I mean, because if it was going to be, I mean, that was, just, and that's just our guess too. I mean, if it was going to be a backdoor pilot or not, uh, you know. But uh, I mean, this movie's pretty obscure, so I'm guessing nobody watched it. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonder that it didn't kill his career. And actually, I'm looking at it now. Um, this movie came out. It was a TV movie, 
but it came out the year after the A-Team started. Okay, alright, well... A-Team started in 83 and went to 87. Toughest Man in the World came out in 84. So it couldn't have been a backdoor pilot. It had to have just been a one-off like movie. Well, Which makes even less sense. <laughs> you know, everything we've tried to tie this movie to to make any kind of sense is all falling apart. You know, we thought that the cartoon was based on this. It's not. We, we you know, we yeah. thought this is something about a backdoor pilot. It's not. Because he had A-Team already. He didn't need this. No, he didn't need this at all. <laughs> Just fucking need. Oh, man. But, uh... So that was... Toughest man in the world. Uh, this is a very bad movie if you haven't if you haven't guessed already. But I think I honestly think this is the first one that we've done that is so bad it's good. Yeah, it's it's a movie that I will probably watch again just for laughs. Oh, it yeah, me too. Again, so bad it's good. You know, um, I mean, I know, I guess you and I don't agree on He Man. I think He Man is so bad it's good. Um, you know, Masters of the Universe, toughest man in the world is terrible. But it's—I mean—it's got so so much stuff you can laugh at. So much stuff that you see, like you know, you don't catch the first. There's certain stuff I caught in my second, you know, my second viewing that I didn't catch the first time around. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, it's one of those kind of movies. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's even more fun when you when you're not sober. Yeah, I mean, it's one if of those. If you got Quentin you know, on the way, yeah, Quentin, or you know, you got a, a a twelve pack or something, you know, anything, you know, and you watch this, uh, it's very funny. It's very, very, very poorly made. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, on Amazon Prime. Yes, it's on Hulu. Where, where I got it, I got it from. Well, not Amazon Prime, but I I got it from Amazon. And so I watched it on instant video. It was like five bucks. Yeah. So I got yeah. it there. It's on Hulu, like you said, for the time being. However long they keep it up there. Yeah. So go check it out, <laughs> folks. It, like I said, it it is worth seeing. It it is is worth watching at least once. You know. Yeah. It's more just to say that you saw it. I mean, seeing is believing with this movie. I mean, you have to see it. You have to see this stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah, and you know we had to do it for our thirtieth because it's our spiritual advisor. He is yep. he is the uh, the inspiration for this show. He's he's the toughest man in the world. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the internet bible here there's another TV show that he did in 87 that I think we're gonna have to track down oh fuck called TNT I remember TNT yeah so maybe we'll not, maybe I mean, we'll not, save that for episode 50 oh god you know I don't <laughs> I've seen that I don't remember anything about it nothing specific at all I just remember there having been a show called TNT or a movie whatever it was yeah, it was a TV show lasted two seasons. I remember that. We're gonna have to, well, there it is. Yeah, so stay tuned for episode fifty. Fifty. <laughs> Once we track this down. Oh man. 
TNT. Oh, man. Well, anyway, folks, uh, run it down where they find us. Yeah, yeah. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Ilrockski. He is at JRU, J A Y R U 78. Uh, the show is at Death Cakes Pod. Uh, the website is uh, com and facebook.com slash nojibbajabbafm you can find all our past episodes postings, comments, all kind of stuff like that right there that's the home base um, you can subscribe to all the shows at the website uh, you know, we're on iTunes we're on any standard RSS we're on Stitcher, if you like the show rate, review, subscribe, if you wish you know, help us out a lot uh yeah, and stay tuned to the uh, the Facebook page because I'm definitely going to be putting some pictures up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we got be... more stuff coming for this for for the Facebook page. Um. Oh, and uh, uh, Jay, just a few days ago, you uh, you we we've got a Twitch. Yes, we've got a Twitch now. Um, I think I have it set up properly. Um, but uh, yeah, if you go to Twitch and. Just look for us, no Jibba Jabba FM. Um, I will be streaming on there from time to time, uh, playing whatever PS4 game I have at the time. Right now, you'll probably be watching me play a lot of Destiny. So yeah. come and watch and check us out. Yeah, for the time being, it will only be him because I don't have PS4. Um, but uh, yeah, that's Twitch and also uh, YouTube. You know, search us there. Uh, no Jibba Jabba FM. We're there. We don't have that much. We got a couple things up there, but uh, we're gonna get some more stuff up here in the coming uh, months. Uh, I think that's about it. that. About does it. Um, Instagram. Instagram. There we go. Instagram. Like just like all the others. No Jibba Jabba FM. We're right there. And also our uh, sister show, which I'm part of, Keepers of the Funk, that is at KOTF Crew on Twitter. That's the uh, hip hop culture, all rooted in '94, but we're spanning all eras on that. So uh, yeah, keep you know check that out, man. If you guys uh, you know if you like hip hop, you like music, check that show out. You know we're uh, really, really, really uh, falling into our groove over there. So yeah. And then stay tuned next month for uh, our next installment of I Made Fool. Yes. Where we talk about modern goings on. Mm hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Till All next right. time, folks. See, See ya! Juicy, crispy, flavor wave turbo. It cooks faster. Flavor wave turbo. Set it to cook. And you're off the hook. Grilling in the chili water. Cooked meal, one that would keep my waistline beautiful. What can you expect? Are my eyes deceiving me? Or am I looking at the frozen food section at the supermarket? I pity the fool who tries to get this down. These are all frozen solid. Don't you have to defrost this first? Want to be raw on the inside and burnt on the outside? Hmm, you can never put a kebab in a microwave. Why microwave when you can flavor wave? You can barbecue and grill any season of the year. And remember, it can start off frozen solid. This is the strangest dinner invite ever. There's nothing worse than reheating pizza in a microwave. I thought you said it would be good for my waistline. I love crisp, crunchy crust. Juicy, crispy, flavor wave turbo. It cooks faster. 
flavor wave purple. Set it to cook. Then you're off the hook. Grilling in the chili weather. chicken without oil you joking right it's so golden brown and crispy mm. it's good i'm starting to get hungry again if a stranger offered you a toy some candy or a puppy take off 